Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're joined by local woman, feminist, and Greta Gerwig stan, Sam. Sam, welcome back to Affable Chat. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. And we brought Sam back because this is a very important episode of Affable Chat. Today, we're discussing Barbie. What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer, I am found. This is an American doll-based fantasy comedy subversive social commentary. Directed by Greta Gerwig. The cast includes Barbie, 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 Midge, Ken, 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 Alan, Ugly Betty, Young Gamora, Mrs. Wormwood, The Queen, and Buddy the Elf. I watched this movie in an AMC theater. Sam, how did you watch it? AMC also, then Cinemark. Whoa, oh, twice. Wow. Okay. Yes, I, I had to have it fresh. I cried both times, but I still oh, pay wow. attention. Don't <laughs> Excellent. Worry. Uh, Joey, how did you watch it? Uh, we make movies better. I watched it at an AMC theater. Wow. All right. We're three for three on AMC, uh, plus one for Cinemark. Um, we will begin our discussion on Barbie right after we recap the events in this film with the synopsis that was written by Joey. Joey, take it away. Everything is perfect in Barbie land. Every day is the same as the day before, and every day is the best day ever. Stereotypical Barbie lives in a dream house, always has the perfect outfit, and hangs out with all her friends, who also happen to be Barbies. There is Dr. Barbie, Mermaid Barbie, Barbie who is the president, Lawyer Barbie, you name it, there's a Barbie for it. On the other hand is Ken. Ken does not feel fulfilled unless he has Barbie's attention. His only job is beach, but he's not a surfing Ken or a lifeguard Ken, he's just Ken. The next day, Barbie is plagued by intrusive thoughts of death, flat heels, and worst of all, cellulite. She consults with Weird Barbie to find out what to do. Weird Barbie tells her that her doll self is being played with in the real world, and that person is having trouble. Barbie needs to travel to the real world, find her person, and help her fix her problems. Barbie reluctantly agrees to go on this mission, but as she is leaving Barbie land for the first time, Ken appears in the back seat. Desperate, as always, for her attention, he has decided to tag along. Barbie and Ken travel by car, bike, rocket, camper, and roller skate to Venice Beach. There they are confronted with the truth. Unlike in Barbie land, men rule the real world. Barbie finds the person who is playing with her. It is a woman named Gloria with a teenage daughter who is having a bit of a midlife crisis. Meanwhile, Ken is exploring patriarchy. He tries to get a job at several businesses, but his lack of experience or skills keeps him unemployed. Meanwhile, at Mattel headquarters, the board, all men by the way, learn that a Barbie has escaped Barbie land. They track her down and try to put her back in her box, but she escapes with the help of Ruth Handler, the inventor of Barbie. Barbie takes Gloria and her daughter back to Barbie land, but they are too late. Ken made it back first and transformed Barbie Land into Kendom, a dude-rich environment where brainwashed Barbies cater to every Ken's needs. Ken has even taken over Barbie's dream house and turned it into his mojo dojo casa house. 
Barbie is horrified by the transformation of her home, but she is rescued by a weird Barbie and a whole cast of discontinued and ill-conceived Barbies. Together, they hatch a plan to rescue the Barbies and restore power into the women's rightful hands. One at a time, awoken Barbies distract various Kens while the rest of the crew kidnap the brainwashed Barbies. Once captured, Gloria tells them about the various pains of modern womandom. This breaks the spell, and the unbrainwashed Barbies join the cause. It all culminates in a romantic night under the stars, while the Kens serenade at the Barbies on their guitars. The Barbies all leave their Kens in the middle of their songs, just to go sit with a different Ken. This sparks a war between the Kens. They fight in an all-out battle on the beach that transforms into a surreal dance number. Meanwhile, the Barbies take back the government. By the time the Kens find out, it is too late. But despite their defeat, some concessions are given to them. The Mattel executives arrive in time to see the untransformation of Barbie Land and rejoice at their success. But Barbie's taste of the real world has made her long for more. Ruth Handler appears and offers her the chance for a human existence. Barbie takes her up on it. Mortal, she triumphantly goes for her first gynecologist visit. The end. There you have it, the events of Barbie. Let's get right into it with our pros and cons. Sam, what did you like about Barbie? I liked so much about Barbie. I saw it twice. <laughs> um, it was just so fun. Like, first of all, just the set design, the costumes, the soundtrack, like, that one Charlie XCX song, um, it makes me want to like drive a car 150 miles an hour and like <laughs> like jump through a wall or something. It's just so <laughs> fun and energetic. Um, it was also funny. Like it had so many silly and goofy moments and and bits of humor that like had me laughing out loud, uh, just feeling good. And I feel like those also helped to like contrast the emotional moments and made them kind of hit a little bit harder for me because I did have that, those funny parts. Um, we love feminism. We hate the patriarchy. So I liked that, you know, it was a, a movie about women not focused on, you know, the beautiful woman being an object of men's desire and having a love, a love story be her main focus. That was nice how diverse it is, the representation and all that. It was just so fun and like feel good. Also with a great cast, I thought Mar- Margot Robbie did a great job. Ryan Gosling was obviously amazing. Like 10 out of 10 for him. He's so funny. <laughs> he's Ken. He's, he's just Ken and he's so much he's more. He's just Ken. Uh, well, what about you, Joy? What did you like about Barbie? It's a visual delight. I love how colorful it is. And I love that this was an event movie. So many people at the theater wearing pink. Every time I went to the theater, even when I wasn't seeing Barbie, I was seeing other movies. I saw people wearing pink. And that was just really great for me. I love that. I thought it was really funny, irreverent, um, you know, very disrespectful to its source material, which I thought was, or like its parent company, which I thought was welcome. Um, Margot Robbie was just incredible. She's an amazing actress. Uh, I love seeing her in this role. And I think Ryan Gosling is keeping that movie star ethos alive. We talked about Tom Cruise as like the last movie star, but Ryan Gosling is certainly a movie star for sure. There's so many fun cameos and gags and just like little callbacks to like the Barbie franchise that is like really great for people that love Barbie. And I, I don't know how to say this in a way that makes sense, but it's it, to me, this is a movie movie. Like it's, it's like a movie you would watch, have characters watch if in a movie, you know, because it's like, <laughs> it's just so disconnected from like, um, 
trying to be like a coherent like like uh perfect analog right it's not it's no longer like a perfect metaphor that maps one to one instead it's like going way into the like surreal way into the conceptual area and you know kind of leaving behind the like logic of anything that makes sense in the real world for this like wonderful like realized idea um so even though it does have like a lot to say about our world in general i think that this movie uh doesn't adhere necessarily to the logic of regular life which i think is really awesome fair enough all right um yeah and i thought this i agree with what you guys are saying here this movie was funny i also had laugh out loud moments um honestly the 2001 intro i thought was hilarious especially having seen that movie recently i felt like they did such justice to their like recreation of that scene incredible set design and wardrobe honestly this is peak set design and wardrobe some of the cool uh tricks that they did to make like the background look like intentionally fake but it's not green screen i I felt like that came across really well um i i think just in general this movie takes risks with an established ip that i honestly never thought i would see uh like big studios take so like you look at something like the super mario movie and it's like you have this ip that is so iconic uh and you could just make a movie that's very plays it very straight and you can make tons of money but instead the barbie movie is like no we're gonna really risk everything here and make something wildly different than what you might expect and i i applaud that like you guys said margot robbie and ryan gosling are great and this movie is iconic and important you know in subject matter and in intellectual property you know barbie and feminism so i uh i think that's all really great stuff and the fact that this did turn into a big summer event uh even alone like even outside of its involvement with coming out on the same day of oppenheimer uh, i think this movie would have been a big event anyways so no i mean oppenheimer got caught up in it is it caught up in the wave of it you know what i mean oppenheimer benefited so much from it coming out the same day as barbie way more than (laughs) Uh, like the other way around so yeah Yeah, i think i think that's definitely true so okay so those are our pros let's move on to our cons sam what did you not like about the barbie movie i did not like the mid-movie chevrolet commercial that we were forced (laughs) to sit through um i know it was like a capitalism feast but i didn't need another brand in there you know cutting the commercials for and i also was a little disappointed in how they like failed to fully realize the Gloria character for me. Um, I know in this movie, she's supposed to be like the every woman that you can relate to and, and um, you know, place yourself in her shoes. But I feel like they didn't do enough to give her personality and flesh it out. Right. Like she had some moments where you could see like the relationship with her daughter was really sweet. And those flashback moments we got a lot, but you know, she has these weird Barbie drawings. She has this tension with her, you know, goofy Will Ferrell bosses running around and doing whatever. I feel like that could have been not explored too much more. It was a long movie. There was a lot to put in. But if you gave her some more personal moments, it could have maybe connected to her long speech and had some more personal, like personal touches in there um, rather than feminism 101 blanket statements that we kind of got, which was also important. But you know, I, I think if it's focusing on women, it, we need to tell the story of like at least one real woman fully realized in it. I don't know. 
It's a little I, disappointing no, I, in that. I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you're exactly right. Like it's she's not enough of a character mm-hmm. for it to to have like an emotional arc, which is a, yeah, disappointing. Yeah. And then I didn't love the ending either. Just felt a little like I I could see it and I felt like it was a hard movie to end. I don't know. I feel like it tried to do a lot of different stuff and I feel like there's also a tendency, you know, this one movie on feminism has to have the most amazing ending and tell us all how to cr- crush the patriarchy and be whatever, <laughs> whatever. So it's hard to, to, you know, recognize that I didn't love the ending, but also I don't know what they were supposed to do, I guess, is how I feel. Yeah. I also didn't like the ending. I don't think it connected like the dots for me. It is this whole movie is kind of, uh, I'm, it's kind of a TikTokification of our reality, right? It's like a lot of vignettes that are put together that sort of relate, but not exactly. Um, and I don't, f- I feel like they had a really hard job figuring out how to end it, like you were saying. And, you know, there isn't really a silver bullet for patriarchy or anything like that. So it's hard to like kind of sum it up real quick. Um, but I feel like there could have been something different. Um, I think that there's a, as much as I like that this movie is like very wacky, I think that it's not internally consistent. It's too willing to compromise its kind of premise for a joke. Um, for example, when Margot Robbie is crying outside of her, outside the school saying, I'm not a fascist. I, you know, I don't control the railroads or the like, means of commerce or anything. Like, where does she get that from exactly? Like, it's, it's very funny, but it's not it doesn't really make sense with what we understand about Barbie from this point of view, at least like from what I understood about it. And I feel like there's a lot of moments like that where they're, they make a joke that compromises the whole idea of like what she knows or how naive she is or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think the corporate guys are ultimately pointless. They have some interesting, has some good bits, but, uh, I don't really understand why they're even in the movie besides just kind of like jabbing at them and saying, of course they exist. Um, and is this movie advocating for feminism or, or of gradual change or of radical action? And I've gone like completely full circle on this. I had one take and then I read an, I read, um, a comment on Reddit and read like six <laughs> articles and it, like, I think I've, I think I've come around to the other side, but it is a little unclear. Well, I, I like that term you use, the TikTokification uh, of like the film, because I, I do feel like this movie is disjointed, which I think contributes to so many people coming away with different interpretations of what the film is saying. Uh, and also this kind of feeling that there aren't any real stakes or real drama. Like there, was, there wasn't a lot of situations where I was worried about anything, uh, which is fine. Uh, but at the same time, it made me less invested in kind of the outcome from like a literal what is happening in this plot standpoint. Um, in addition to that, kind of talking about those corporate guys. Mattel basically being a character in this film and trying to use this movie to improve its public image makes me sick. I I can't stand this corporation being like, we're on your side. Yes, we, Mattel, the toy company. Um, you know, remember the scene where the Mojo Dojo Casa house was flying off the shelves? We put feminism ahead of the bottom line in that situation. We're like, no, no, we don't sell so many Mojo Dojo Casa houses. We need 
women to be the main point of Barbie. So we need to go in there and fix this. And look how goofy Will Ferrell is playing the same character he's always played. You know, that's us. When you think about Mattel, think about goofy Will Ferrell being kind of a a buffoon. He makes mistakes, you know, but you love him at the end of the day. I'm sitting here staring at the three uh, Barbie dolls that I bought after watching this movie, scratching my head wondering, you know, what am I supposed to think of Mattel? You know, maybe a few more purchases will clear clear up my mind, but uh, I really did not love them trying to use this movie obviously to make us like them sorry ben they really don't care what you think they care that you bought the three barbie dolls that's like, a, yeah. <laughs> what <I'm> like, <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> Uh, yeah so i did i you know obviously everything that this movie is saying has to be kind of approved or co-opted by mattel uh which i think kind of nerfs the the message but also is like almost impossible to avoid if you're going to make a big movie like this so it's you can only push that criticism so far um but that's enough pros and cons let's really dive into this movie in our overall section so Sam, you are a woman, as you've stated at the beginning of this. Yes. Um, did you ever play with Barbies when you were a kid? I did. I played with Barbies, probably like young kid. I loved Barbie. Did you, with her you have a favorite my... Barbie that uh, you remember? I think I was just, you know, the stereotypical. I had the stereotypical Barbie. This... Yeah. That's awesome. Probably um, made a weird Barbie, too. <laughs> was that? Was, I mean, it feels like a, feels like a natural yeah. thing that's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, well, was that something that you kind of pursued, or was it something that was, like, introduced to you, uh, like, oh, no. passed down to you? No, no, no. That's something that you just organically build towards. You I feel like that's why, I, yeah, it was point. so funny and, like, such a universal experience where I think people who had experience with Barbies growing up. It, yeah, weird Barbie. That's why it was so funny because we all had like <laughs> our little rage. I don't know, like our little girl rage we had to get out and we had to cut her hair and draw weird stuff on her face. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I never play with Barbies. Uh, my wife, she her favorite Barbie was uh, Baker Barbie. Mm. And she said that she was great. She loved playing with Baker Barbie. Benjamin, what about you? Do you ever play with Barbies? Well, my mom actually collects Barbies. She's really, yeah. My mom grew up, uh, you know, not a lot of toys, so like being able to get a Barbie was like a big deal. So she always took good care of them, and and she has, uh, you know, a small collection of Barbies from like way back, and so she always loved Barbies. My sister had Barbies, and I definitely. I actually don't remember if she had any Kens because I had G.I. Joes and sometimes yeah. we would play Barbies and G.I. Joes together. <laughs> um, and boy, that got me thinking about, like seeing this movie reminded me, it's like, dang, every G.I. Joe was ripped to the max, dude. <laughs> like 18 pack abs. And I was like, dang, I-, I wonder how much that impacted me. Think like this <laughs> Barbie movies got me thinking about how women see themselves. I mean, I honestly don't think it impacted me that much because I uh, moved well, on. But you didn't join the military, so. Yeah. <laughs> Propaganda fail. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely my sister had some weird Barbies, so they were they were lying around here and there. Yeah, so we're not really the target gra- target demographic of this for this movie necessarily because we never played with it. But you know, this is this is like in the public consciousness too. You know, I I feel like I'm invested in like not just um, how Barbie's image is laundered, but just like feminism in general. Just having this be out there, I feel like makes it appealing to a lot of a lot of audiences. Well, can can I ask you guys what is the target demographic for this movie? Because I saw. Uh, a couple of criticisms of this movie that was like 
it is not a kid's film. And I'm like, yeah, it's PG-13. It's PG-13. What yeah. you, like, it, that is, I think that's a ridiculous criticism to levy against this film. That's honestly, I feel like not for little girls. Well, it's the, it's the um, audience inserts. It's Sasha and Gloria. It's uh, mom and daughters, right? Or p- people who play with Barbies for generations or pass their Barbies down for generations. That's how the target demographic is. I think that's, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, a ridiculous criticism. I, 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 there were like some young girls in the movie theater, that, but I don't know. I, like, I, their parents can make that call. I think that that's you know, how it's always been. Well, it's just a little too dense, I feel like, for kids. You know what I mean? It's not like the animated Barbie movies where it's like, Barbie goes to a, a magical castle and meets a unicorn. You know, it, it's, way more, it's, it's way more like uh, conceptual, which I think is hard for kids to appreciate. Um, Sam, you know. did you ever see Princess and the Popper? I yeah, I think I think I did. That's the <laughs> talk about a good soundtrack. Okay, <laughs> I saw I saw so many like Princess and the movies when I was younger. I just they, I feel like they've made a lot. <laughs> yeah, they definitely had. I think it had like a, a a cat that would listen to the movie and then like respond to various oh, audio wow. lines. Yeah, it was That's it was awesome. honestly cutting edge. But yeah, definitely not the same thing as this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like even for younger kids, it was still probably enjoyable because there's a a lot of like physical comedy in it that, you know, even if they're not gleaning the deeper messaging, they're still like, oh, Ryan Gosling is moving really funny. Like he's just Ken. Right. You know, like (laughs) Barbie lifts her foot up and they're shrieking at her flat heel. Like that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do think there are some things that would like translate all the way down, but like it's clearly not for little kids, Hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, Sam, what does this movie, like, how does this movie speak to you personally, if it does at all? Yeah, I feel like kind of touching on Weird Barbie, it just not speaks into existence. It acknowledges on a large screen for a lot of people a lot of ubiquitous experiences that women in America, I think, have gone through, like Weird Barbie, like the whole, you know, story of, of Barbie discovering patriarchy and like yeah. the self-awareness and, and the shame and all of the stuff she says so articulately by the way like the way she describes her emotions and she's like i feel well the, the one where she's like i feel conscious but of myself that was just funny but a lot of the times <laughs> she she like really eloquently says how she's feeling i'm like oh yeah that hits but you know that that experience of going from a position where like yeah i can do whatever i want to do like i'm here like i'm baking i want to be a doctor i'm doing all these fun things and then at that time when you start becoming so aware of how you fit in with how other people are seeing you and are constantly like like seeing your body and seeing the things you do it's it, I feel like that just hit me really hard. I'm like, oh, I, I wish I could remember what it felt like before I like felt all these outside influences and restrictions on on what I thought I could be. Like, and it, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit that she's losing that innocence too. Um, I, I feel like that one obviously resonated with me. Yeah, that's something that I think men rarely have to deal with. It- occasionally i feel like throughout my life i've had glimpses of that and 
recognized how terrifying it is <laughs> to feel that way all the time, um, but never have to like really c- grapple with it. You know, it, I, we've said this on the podcast many times. Like women live in a completely different reality, basically because of the male gaze is constantly on them. It's interesting that that stood out to you because it 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 was an interesting transition for her to suddenly realize that. Um, and it's it's uh, it's thank you for sharing that because it's interesting to hear that you also felt like you went through that experience, but it's like hard to remember where it started or where it ended. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay, so let's move to slightly deeper. What what does this movie remind you of in your life or in other media? Yeah, I I feel like this, again, it's just very much like hitting home on the experiences of being a woman and, and the way it is played is, ah, it's just so so much... Basically, like uh, Gloria's monologue, that, but in a less like preachy kind of way in life mm-hmm. and media. Um, so many, so many jokes, and the reason why they're funny is because of how deeply the patriarchy is instilled in us and shapes the way we look at things. Like one of the funny jokes um, when she's in the real world and she sees the billboard of the Miss USA, and she's like, "Oh my God, it's the Supreme Court!" And Ryan Gosling or Ken. Sorry, Ken is like, oh, they're so smart. It's just there's no, there's there's no sarc. They they don't do sarcasm, right? It's all just like yeah. so genuine, and that's like so refreshing and so not in the real world. And and just as um, Barbie has this experience kind of with confronting patriarchy. Obviously, Ken learns about horses and patriarchy, and it changes him. But you can you also. Ken is is portrayed in this really interesting way where like he is a boy, right? Like Ken is very mm-hmm. boyish and he's a boy and he's able to stay a boy for much longer than Barbie is allowed to be a girl, especially as, as soon as they get in the real world. Like Barbie has to be like, Ken, don't get in trouble. Like you can go this way. He's like asking permission for things and it's just uh, exhausting, you know, yeah. that. Like yeah. so much responsibility is placed on women, but they don't get the respect of all the things they have to do. And they especially don't get the recognition or and appreciation of it. And obviously like all of this, these expectations and these systems hurt men too. And I feel like you see that in this movie also. Definitely. Let's, let's go to um, Gloria's speech, uh, which we have. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you go through it? Do you see it at the very bottom? I do. Talk about your experience as a woman. Yeah, here we yeah. go. My experience as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money. But you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. 
but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory, and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. I I feel like, (laughs) I don't know. I'll be honest. The first time I I went and she dove into the speech in the movie, I rolled my eyes. It was my initial reaction. Um, Just because like, you know, this feels very surface level, like, this is to my first reaction was almost it it leaned a little too much towards like girl boss feminism but like take a step back and yes it's repetitive and yes it's kind of stuff that people should know but at the same time it still bears repeating like obviously people don't know it enough if it's still this big issue right still bears repeating still hits hard um yeah the one part where she's like you have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point it out, like you're accused of complaining, even at the end of the movie, when Barbie and Ken are on the second floor of her dream house and Ken is in shambles because he doesn't know how to exist without Barbie. Really? Like uh, <laughs> the one line that that he says to her, he's like, I don't know how to exist like outside the warmth of your gaze and i was like this isn't that line isn't a barbie movie okay calm down (laughs) took me out of it for a second but but even in that when he's like misinterpreting signals and keep trying to kiss her like barbie is apologizing to him still right like yes yes she's still apologizing she's still comforting him and and like kind of assuaging his ego a little bit there which is like yes Oh my God, I see that so much. You know, yeah. it, you can't you can't just say you're fucking insane. You're an insane person, right? But you have to like, it's like it's like dealing with a bear. That's how I always think about it. It's like you have to slowly back away and be like, it's okay, it's okay. I know you want to eat me, but it's okay actually. And just like you know, slowly go away. Until I, I look really tasty. Right, right. I smell I'll say really good. I'm anything, sorry. So I don't get eaten. Yeah, I'm sorry. I put all this. I'm wearing seasoning on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I had the same reaction, Sam. When I first saw it, I'm like, you know, I was like, yes, you know, Gloria, you're saying it, but what's next? You know, like, <laughs> how are we how are we turning this anger into action? You know, how are we how are we going to make this work? And the fact that this was like enough to like snap people out of like whatever it was really didn't work for me because it felt like everything she was saying was stuff that everyone knew. They just didn't say out loud, right? Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about having it be bare repeating because it's true that like it's it's right to like complain about these sort of things when you have to deal with these sort of contradictions. But you also have to like anybody's all any woman at any point could say any of these things, and it doesn't, and they probably do, but it doesn't change anything by saying them out loud, right? It's not enough to say it out loud. You have to do something more than that. So I, I was I was disappointed that there wasn't like more of this, and I didn't really understand how it fit into the movie. It felt like like Greta Gerwig was kind of like pulling back the curtain fully and like staring into the camera and being like, this is the problems. These are mm-hmm. the problems, which is like nice to hear, I think, but it's it's not enough, and it doesn't feel like it belongs in a movie that's supposed to be like 
metaphorical, right? It, it, like I feel like if you state these things sh by showing instead of telling, it paints the picture in a more visceral way. It makes it more obvious. Mm. Like you were saying earlier about how Barbie, like so, you see the transition between Barbie in Barbie Land to Barbie in the patriarchy real world, right? Seeing her just attitude and kind of general demeanor change is really powerful and, and resonates with women. But having it just said out loud doesn't really do enough for me. Yeah, I, I also think that it's easy to, to be like, come on, let us have it. Like, tell us yeah. what it really is, show it what, it what it really is. But also I think they were trying to do it in a way that's still palatable to like a general audience. Because if you look at the reaction of some, you know, just misogynistic idiots, they're like, Barbie isn't funny. Like, that speech, <laughs> okay, sure. Women, I guess, go through things like that. Like, they're, they're getting their boxers in a twist over just this taste. Yes. So, like, if you had something more radical to this audience, God forbid how they'd react, you know? Yeah, so, but then yeah. but but then we're falling back into this capitulating to men's fragile egos. You know what I mean? How I'm do, tired of yeah. it, honestly. Hey, <laughs> Amen, sister. Like I, I get you, but it's it. Yeah, it it. I think at least it can spark a conversation, and it's like uh, I don't know. Well, what do you think about this idea of like, like we have to go, we have to like start somewhere, right? Like maybe this is. Maybe they were at, you know, space number one on our board, right? We're, we're, we're moving somewhere. I, I, you know, there's this idea on the internet called um, Eternal September. It used to be that when you were, when you first, um, when the internet was first coming out, people would only get access to it in September when they went to school. And every September, everyone that was familiar with the internet would have to deal with all these noobs who didn't know how anything worked, and they would have to explain it to them. But suddenly, the internet became available to everyone all the time, so now it's everybody's first day on the internet forever. It's eternally September. And the same thing is true for feminism, right? At some point, mm -hmm. everybody's encountering these ideas for the first time. And maybe the Barbie movie is, you know, somebody's first time. Um, which is, you know, a nice idea, but like, what, what about the rest of us? You know what I mean? Like, it's not our first day. Like, are, what is this movie like, you know, capitulating too much for to like, or, or falling back too far onto like its laurels or like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I'm trying to, I don't ah, what am I trying to say? It's, it's, it's like, it's falling far too far backwards into like this common ground and not like pushing the envelope far enough even though like which is odd for me to, to think because i feel like this movie does push the envelope i feel like it does show a lot of stuff that's really strange radical and presents feminism in this really interesting way that i think is very very um like accessible um palatable right and yet it feels like it's pulling back at this moment it feels like it's not it doesn't know where to go which is i don't know how did you feel about that yeah i can relate to that but i kind of just me more accept it as like mm, there's Stephanie, no yeah. ethical consumption under capitalism right like <laughs> sure. like you know they're they're doing ultimately it's still a huge blockbuster money that's trying to take our our money right mm -hmm. like it's enjoyable it's great movies are back baby after like the oppenheimer barbie thing like i love that <laughs> but at the end of the day like you know you could probably they could probably show a scene where like the Mattel CEO Will Ferrell gets his head chopped off, and Mattel would still let it stay in the movie because they're going right. to be selling Barbie dolls, right? Like, there's only right. so far you can go with something like this. 
And I think it's it's valid criticism that it should do more and kind of hit more. But I also think it's like, big sigh. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. If only we could have been so lucky to see Will Ferrell get beheaded oh, in this man. movie. Imagine he memes. I think you could you could have kept it on PG thirteen even with including that. But also just thinking about the the target demographic in this, I don't know. I mean, this could be a peer like a peek into womanhood for some of the you know girls that are going to this movie with their mothers to be able to hear all these things and be like able to recognize that potentially already in their own life and to have their mom sure. there with them who's like yeah it really is like that you know like yeah i welcome I, to i agree with that existence. except for what we see about sasha like sasha is is super woke right she's like she's like understands her position in the world as a consumer and as a woman that's what she says to barbie right she she makes her cry which was hilarious so having that girl <laughs> warn her and then have her cry later really funny uh, but it's but like Sasha knows this stuff, right? I, I think that a lot of kids in that demographic do know this stuff. I think that's one of the benefits of being so online for so many of these like Zoomers is that they actually do have a pretty good understanding of the current social apparatus. Um, so it, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's like if it serves them or not. I don't know. Maybe some, maybe uh, their boyfriends, you know, who took them to the, to the movie, uh, they could, they could be, uh, they could be benefiting from this. But again. Uh, we already have a lot of movies for boyfriends, actually. <laughs> yeah, this it, one should have been like a boyfriend litmus test, right? You bring your boyfriend yeah. to Barbie. If he's like, eh, don't like it, you break up. If he's like, I'm Ken, and <laughs> like my job. I so I saw it for the first time with with Anthony, and obviously he was eating Ken up. Like he really enjoyed the movie. We loved it, and. Also, that also pisses me off a little bit because it's Barbie and you're coming out of this moment be like, oh, Ken was the best part. I'm like, no, oh, yeah. Ken was the funny. <laughs> he, he did a great job of being the funny, but the Barbies carried the movie. Like you can appreciate Ken. Obviously, Ryan Gosling is like he transformed. He did what, you know, Austin Butler did with Elvis, but in a in a way that doesn't make me want to cringe and like not see Elvis, you know what I mean? So yes, like you got, you can appreciate it and love it. But if you're walking up, you're like, ah, oh, Ken, it's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, let's talk about Ken a little bit. You've already talked a little bit about like male fragility, right? Blonde fragility. I've also heard it <laughs> described, but Ken's misogyny in this movie is not what I would describe as typical. Um, right. He's not like, I'm the biggest, baddest guy, and you have to listen to me, kind of thing. It's 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 different. It's similar. I was trying to find like the right term. I I feel like it does fall into like the simp category, mm -hmm. but not quite. Uh, I don't know. How, how would you describe Ken's misogyny in this movie? And, and do you feel like it's uh, accurate to today's men? Yeah, you want to say it doesn't feel so like as evil or with such undercurrent of violence that no, a lot no, no, of it, let me interrupt you does. for a second here sam it's patriarchy but we're doing it better this time we're yeah. more sneaky about it yeah true <laughs> i mean if patriarchy had more horses maybe i wouldn't hate it as much um, <laughs> i feel yeah i feel like i don't know because i feel because ken is portrayed as this such boyish character who's you know i don't yeah. feel like he he has misogyny the way that a lot of men come to it, which is like, it all goes back to capitalism. Let's be real. In capitalism, mm -hmm. the way it interacts with patriarchy as a man, you're supposed to be, you know, 
aggressive. Get after it. You're supposed to be making stuff your bitch. You're the bread. You're the breadwinner, right? You and there and money is power, right? Yes. And you're supposed to be the one with all the power, power slash money. Yeah. So if yeah. you're not accomplishing that goal in capitalism, like. Who are you going to turn to and blame? Are you going to blame the structure of capitalism that that keeps you this way and forces you to like swim or or drown, right? Or are you going to turn to women and say, "Yeah, it's it's feminism's problem that that is doing this." So I feel like we don't see that for Ken, which is interesting. It's it doesn't come from a place of like violence or women hating. It's more like. He wants to have something. I guess it's kind of similar. He wants to have something. Right? Yeah. It is possession. The only way that he can have his something is to, you know, have it in in opposite or or taking from. Yeah, he makes they they take over the Barbie dream houses. They make the other people subserve uh, the Barbie subservient and give them brewskis, um, (laughs) which you're not seeing in in Barbie Land. But even with all that, I guess you know. You just, you just, you have a base level of shit that you put up with patriarchy. Even here, me saying like, oh, it's not violent. And you're like, they're literally dominating the Barbies. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe it is a little violent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not violent in the same way that, it, like, I feel like it's used to be portrayed or like, you know, ha- like, I don't know, has, has been. Certainly, there it certainly is like this element of possession though, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's ultimately where it comes to is like he wants to. It doesn't, it's not enough that he wants her to look at him. He wants her to only look at him, right? Nothing else. You know, she doesn't want her to do anything else but look at him, which is like, like just him, um, uh, you know, wanting to, uh, thinking of her as an object that he needs to have, right? I think of this sort of as like a pedestal thing too, right? He's, he thinks of Barbie as like, uh, not maybe not greater than him, but like worthy of his affection and praise. Again, it's his object, his objectivity, right? He's not uh, objectification, I should say. He's not. Um, uh, he, he doesn't want to like restrict her, but he he wants to like have her like in a cage, right, and let her out whenever he says. Yeah, and, his and, uh, low commitment, long distance, casual <laughs> living girlfriend. Love that. I freaking <laughs> love that. <laughs> so freaking funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of the way that the Kens behave that you can draw like direct lines to in the like some of the men's issues that are happening, you know, today. This yeah. uh this whole idea of simping these Kens who are completely underdeveloped people, like they don't really have anything that they do besides be at the beach and they define themselves by the like the pursuit of affection from uh Barbie or from from women in general and just having that be the only way that they see themselves is like oh I I can only feel good about myself if I get attention from women so I'll do anything to get that you know right. uh, wh- no matter how much it degrades me or how much it stunts my growth as a person this is my one and only driving force which um you know can be seen as really pathetic almost like not very uh alpha or manly at all like where you're, you're just kind of like bowing down like i, I almost feel like the, the, that's where the kens start and then you have the kind of 
the answer to that or like an answer they look for, which is the seeking of some sort of ideology that allows you to fight back against this perceived slight from women where they're not giving you attention, right? Ken is over yeah. here taking the red pill of patriarchy <laughs> where he's saying, I I need this extreme ideology to redefine my circumstances um, so that I can get the thing that I was looking for in the first place, which again was attention from Barbie. Uh, it doesn't actually change his goal. It just changes the means that he's pursuing it. Um, and it, and he continues to be ill-defined. He continues to just be measuring his own value based on the attention he gets um, from women, no matter what, who, he, who he has to step on or what kind of mess he has to make to, to achieve that. It's the logical conclusion of this, like, like, I don't know, they're sort of like gremlins or something, right? Like you feed them after midnight and they transform into something else. If you, you give <laughs> a, a can an ounce of power, this is what they turn into, right? And um, like, it, yeah, from, from one perspective, when they are, you know, kind of curtailed, when they don't have anything to stand on, they seem kind of harmless and pathetic. But given the opportunity, they transform into something nasty. Um, which I think is true for a lot of men, I, I, honestly. Like, you know, a lot of men will act subservient, will act pathetic, you know, and then when they get the opportunity to have any sort of power or any sort of influence on a woman, they transform into this kind of controlling freak, um, which is what they've always been. It's just not obvious from the very beginning. Mm. Sort of an evolution, you know, uh, problem, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like these these guys like turn from one thing into another in order to more like more effectively survive in like this kind of pool. Yeah, yeah but it's it's like the nice guy, you know. The, yeah, the, that's, yes. that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, like yes. he never really was Classic. that nice. It's a means to an end, right? And then when the yes. circumstances change, the 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 real like what 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 he's really is is revealed. Yeah, I'll tell you if any guy tells you he's a nice guy. He's not like if anyone has to to validate themselves out loud, like, oh, like I'm a nice guy. It's like, Meh. Mm. if you were, I'm why nice do you need guy. to say it? Hmm? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I that's, honestly, that's not, a, that's not a characteristic you get to assign, to assign to yourself. Right. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. Again, if, if you're using that as a means to an end, again, literally being a nice guy, then you you honestly don't understand yourself well enough to be pursuing a relationship like this, which is why I think that the way that they kind of, the way Barbie ends up dealing with Ken at the end is actually a really good message that I think men should be receiving is that, yeah, you need to go figure out how to define yourself first before you commit to pulling somebody else into your life. Mm. You know, you, you can't right. just exist as somebody who's seeking uh, you know, uh, your partner. You can't just be a man whose entire personality, entire existence is trying to attract women. You just, there has to be more than that there because if you think that the woman that you're looking for is a full-on person too, then you're going to need to be able to match that and be a full-on person yourself. And I like, I loved the, like that that was how they went out. Um, you know, obviously it's a uh, kind of unexpected because you know barbie and ken is such a like established thing of the the few things i know about barbie i know that it's barbie <laughs> and ken but i love how they use that and flip that around and, and give uh a message to to men in general yeah i think that's really clever i really i really do one thing i really like that this movie kind of boils down to and i think you know in in greta gerwig's like storytelling i feel like she always tries to 
end up back here is like really kind of like human connection and the human experience because all all of the patriarchy and all this gross stuff like boils down to like it doesn't matter you know what your gender is or like you should you shouldn't define yourself in in reference to like other people and things like that you should look inside yourself as a whole person and 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 that should be enough for you to be human and be here and doing your best and especially we see barbie seeing like the couple of moments i think what made me emotional during the film is she's sitting on the park bench and she's kind of looking around and she's like seeing what it's like to be a human and the line where she's like that felt achy but good i'm like yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty right she looks at you know the older woman she's like you're so beautiful she's like i know i am I'm like hell yeah girl she's never seen a anyone old before and she doesn't know to know she knows cellulite is bad but she doesn't like freak out at this person being old so maybe there's whatever um and then like the weird meta end where she's talking to Ruth Handler and wants to be a human and she goes through that whole like montage of like cast and crew from from Barbie just existing as like humans in this in these fun ways and like these very human moments I think it's cool that that's like what it all boils down to and a human it's uncomfortable but worth it type deal so I I like that that's kind of sprinkled in yeah do you feel like the ending was like emotionally resonant do you do you like how Barbie decided to be human do you feel like that made sense for her character yeah I I think it made sense for her because at the end she's like "Mm, I don't really fit any in anywhere I'm a little too aware um like I'm starting yeah. to feel this pain. Might as well if I'm if I'm living with all these realities that are not so good for me, I might as well get to reap the benefits of the good experiences too. So I don't know, looking for some deeper meaning. Aren't we all trying to find some kind of purpose and connection? Yeah, and, and I think if anything, this movie um kind of exposes some of the you know some of the things you have to suffer through by being a woman but i think also kind of those montages of those experiences and kind of barbie's uh reactions to real life um make the argument that being a woman is a beautiful thing warts and all you know Mm -hmm. it's not perfect um and it's going to be tough but um it's better to be a real woman than to be this plastic kind of um, idea of what a woman could or should be right and and now that barbie has experienced that she's consciously making the decision it's like yeah being a woman is a beautiful thing and of course i would choose that over this fake world that i've i've known um because you know I, that's what i believe so i'm gonna go live that out hmm. that's great actually i like that a lot i um, thought it was really beautiful and i'm not even a woman you know i just just like <laughs> I, they they made that argument to me and i was like yeah good like go be you know women should be i don't know it's like like you've got another choice but like you know women should be proud to be women even when it's not an ideal world to be one right okay so uh, let's back up a little bit in the ending here we have at the very end um the Barbies take back the government. The Kens have their war and then eventually make up using their, you know, dance number. But uh, everything basically goes back to normal. You know, the, the, um, uh, the president says, okay, you guys can have a couple of circuit court judges, Kens, but otherwise 
uh, you get you guys get nothing uh, for all your for all your trouble and all this like you know all the stuff that you guys did. Um, you guys get uh, you know you won't get sent to jail or anything, but we'll uh, we're not going to give you anything that you were asking for. Um, how did you feel about this, Sam? Do you feel like this ending made sense? Yeah, do you feel like this was a uh, like a, a good reflection of what what it uh, the rest of the movie? Um, yeah, I guess I didn't like. Maybe I'm just more jaded, but for me, that was also like a a real world foil too, right? It sprinkled in with the comment that we mentioned earlier, like, oh, we're still doing patriarchy; we just hide it better, right? Right, like. You know, we can do all these things and have these perceived games, but at gains, but like at the end of the day, yeah, we're gonna like still look at how how things are going for women, right? Like how they're represented in in, in places of power and and things like that. Like we're in whatever wave of feminism we are, and we've we see gains. Like women can have credit cards now, like. In what, like nineteen <laughs> 70s, 70s, 70s is when yeah. women could have their own credit card, right? Like, like, yeah. I I feel like it, it feels like people are aware that women are people. Most mm-hmm. people are aware that women are people too, but the the changes that need to happen to make it so that you know women have their in equal real life experience. Versus with the perceived, like every 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 woman hates men now. Like this is right. Women are so feminist and misandry and whatever. It's like, well, let me just take a look at some like real real data and and come back to me on that one, right? Like when was the last time that you know, as a guy, if like you're approached by a woman who you're not interested in, when was the last time that you worried about them, like? physically harming you if you reject them probably not ever um so it's like i going back to what i said about how you know barbie at the end of the movie apologize and still comforts it's like that's like you said with the bear that's a survival mechanism like you look at news stories about you know women uh rejecting men and then dying because of it so it's like Small gains, but big problems still here. So that's what I kind of got from like the Ken thing is like, yeah, we'll give you a symbolic position of power, but nothing is going to really change. Yeah, that's that's ultimately where I landed on this because I I was I was unsure about what this was supposed to mean. It felt like the ending that I wanted was for them to solve their gender problem like right then and there. You know, to be like, okay, like here's the you know, oh, well, now that we have this issue, now that it's brought to light, we're going to fix it by doing this and this. And uh, it would be like this kind of, you know, uh, middle finger to our like very slow society mm-hmm. um, to like, look how easily we can fix something like we're Barbies, we can do anything. Um, but ultimately, I think that what you're saying is right. It's supposed to be a reflection of the real world. It's supposed to be um, like when Barbie is going to the real world to get uh, Gloria and Sasha, she's doing it to fix a rift because there's this, you know, there's this problem between the real world and Barbie land, right? And now that she's fixed it, the solution is that things are a little bit better in Barbie land, the same way that things are a little bit better in the real world. Um, but it's that incremental tiny change that ultimately is not, it's not, it's not enough, means something, but not really, it doesn't do anything like real. Um, that's like, uh, that's that's where I ultimately I came to, to, to this was just that it was like 
it's a realignment, right? A recalibration mm. uh, to, to bring things back to where they were uh, or back to where things are now. And you can, you, this is sort of reflected with the corporate guys too, right? When they're like, oh, we'll sell a normal Barbie now, right? Off of Gloria's suggestion. They're like, just another demographic for them to exploit. Another, you know, another way to pro- show that they are a progressive, uh, you know, thoughtful uh, uh, corporation, uh, despite uh, all the evidence to the contrary. So it's a, um, it, you know, it's like this empty, like, oh, we're, like we're making progress here. Look at this. Let's pat ourselves on the back. We're We're making things better, but... Uh, ultimately, it's just not quite enough. It's never going to be quite enough until something really changes. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I felt like the beginning of the film was a very good, harsh criticism of how like girl bossing didn't solve uh, gender issues. You know, like yeah. we have yeah. all these successful Barbies who do all these great things, and and Barbie... they solved they solved feminism forever. Right. Like, let's wash our hands of this. <laughs> exactly. We did it, guys. And I think that that setup makes us expect some sort of transformative end where they say, well, here's what we should have done or here's what should be done. Um, but instead, we get more of like, a, like, well, we can vote for feminism <laughs> to be solved or, you know, I, like, it just felt incomplete to me. Yeah, yeah. Which then supports, like, I felt the ending more for me, too, because then it ultimately feels like this empty place to be if barbie land is only ever going to be a wacky reflection of the real world and you're super you're hyper aware of how of those problems in the real world being in being in barbie land is not going to be enough for you right you have to if you want to make a change in the real world you have to be in the real world of the real world okay um sam i have some more very important questions for you like um what do you have a favorite barbie from this film Hmm can be any of them even the one with the television on his back <laughs> yeah and the, the one that made me laugh was was it skipper and you lift her arm up and her boobs get bigger that was so, <laughs> that was funny. so funny um i don't know maybe maybe biasly because of the act actor i really like president barbie because i just love Issa ray i think she's so funny she's so great like yeah yes. totally in a biased way i'll, I'll go for her <laughs> She was great. She was really great. She seemed so regal. She seemed so mm. presidential. It was <laughs> awesome. What about you, Benjamin? You have a favorite Barbie? It's it's a tough call because um, they were all so great. I I think I'll go with uh, Mermaid Barbie. A uh, Dua Lipa? Oh, yes. Nice. That was so fun. <laughs> the, yeah, there was fun cameos. Her and uh, John Cena <laughs> yes. out there were funny. <sighs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I, one of my favorites was definitely wheelchair Barbie when she was dancing it up in the, uh, dance scene. Yeah, she's um, killing it. That was awesome. That was really great. Didn't expect to see her there, but that God, was awesome. the dance scene was just so good. Like, all, yes. those, all the know. things, they just did it so well, like, I was so like, I funny. turned to Jenny in the theater, and I'm like, this is amazing. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, just um, so many moments, even in, like, the Ken fight scene. Oh so my god! Funny. Oh, it transforms into the dance number. Yes, it's like it's uh, movie magic right there. Yeah, I love that. Movies are back. <laughs> <laughs> movies are so back. Um, okay, so this flips the question a little bit here, Sam. If they were to make a Barbie about you, what would some of its features be? Okay, this is very telling. But when they started describing depression, Barbie, that was so <laughs> like piercing to me i like my laughter in the theater was a little too loud because it hit way too hard like 
I've been there so many times in my full sweat. The, the, it's the pride and prejudice bit that was really like she was living rent free in my brain. She just plucked <laughs> that one right out. I felt too seen, not in a good way. Um, That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I think at this point in my life right now, I'm I'm disheveled Barbie. Like I need disheveled to get my Barbie? stuff together. Yes, oh. I'm disheveled Barbie. <laughs> no, no, uh, that's honestly, that's I feel like stuff like that is um, it's like why this movie hits like that much harder if you're actually yes. a woman because it 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 knows those like I don't know relatable experiences that you got to be a woman to know I I was like okay that sequence. <laughs> and it's like I'm sure this is somebody's experience maybe but it's certainly not mine um which is fine right I, you don't have to be the target demographic for every single movie despite you know something in me societally that makes me feel like that should be the case uh you know i i know Can't that place that your finger on that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i but obviously that doesn't have to be the case well I, I wrote this one just for you benjamin um if if you if you were a ken what would your one word job be um i okay i do feel like i have to explain it because i think it's hard oh, to no. coach just one but i would um I, I actually have two so the first one is comedy ken but it's not that i'm funny or tell jokes it's that i laugh at comedy oh my god that's funny you're like in the audience yeah like i i laugh at things that are funny that's my whole thing i i got nothing myself but i will like laugh when something hilarious happens um and in like a similar vein i could be sports ken but it's i, okay. I just watch sports that's <laughs> i don't actually do them i just support them you know and in barbie land i could see them having like a really killer uh like women's soccer team probably um, yeah so. definitely and you'd be out there on the, on the sidelines cheering for Woo! sure that's awesome <laughs> yeah for me it would either be uh podcast uh ken or a uh, movie ken uh both very similar you know he's just there <laughs> he just likes podcasts it's not even that he does podcasts he just like sits there and listens to them yeah he, he comes with a pair of headphones and um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah movie ken he just sits there he has like a dvd collection he just sits there and watches <laughs> movies he has, he has a he has a phone and it's like the phone is just a you know like a little toy phone and it has netflix on it and like the big n <laughs> <laughs> there you go um okay i think uh i think i've said everything i want to say um for the most part uh, I, okay well, i have one more thing i want to say before i move on okay. which is that this is a tie into what we talk about next, which is I think this movie like wants to feel important. And I think that it is honestly, um, you know, opening your one hour and 45 minute commercial with an ode to 2001 A Space Odyssey is bold, <laughs> maybe even played out. Um, but the insistence that Barbie isn't just a toy, but a cultural phenomenon and a powerful symbol is clear and convincing to me. I think that that this movie tries to be something. I like that it's striving for greatness and purpose and with a message. Honestly, we only know with time whether or not it's successful in those things. But the hype is still so real, um, even if it will die uh, eventually. I, I think it's been really interesting revisiting this movie in a few years to see what it's going to be like. I think it'll be a completely different experience watching it at home than watching it in a the theater with a bunch of people wearing pink. Um, but here and today, it's totally huge. It's like a lighthouse in the dark guiding people toward its message. I think that's really awesome. Love it. I, I'm so, I've just been so ecstatic that you know movies are back, like Sam's been saying over and over. It's, <laughs> it's true. 
the movies are back and Barbie has brought it back. Thank you, Greta Gerwig. We owe you so much. Yeah, and I think that the 2001 A Space Odyssey opening is not played out. I think that it's, first of all, very well done. Like I said before, it is so close to the actual shots. Yes. And I think it's really respectfully done. It's not just a reference. It's an ode to 2001. Did you, did you like that match cut where she throws the uh, Barbie, the doll the in the doll air and there. turns into the, the Barbie logo? Yes. And, well, the other thing, too, is that 2001 A Space odyssey uh despite us not having an episode on it yet is <laughs> very layered with meaning and yeah. to put that at the beginning of your film is to say uh, we've got st- stuff to say you're gonna have to look beyond just the surface level of this film to look for the meaning and i think the movie delivers on that well so, having it end with like your person becoming human with like a, in a white void you know that's very that's very 2001 too having this kind of ambiguous like what does it mean what, what is it all together <laughs> Having very, a Barbie doll floating in space, turning and like, yeah, turning looking to look at, at Earth. Earth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, like you said, it's a movie's movie. Like, it's, I, I think that that was like when that was the first thing we saw, I was like, oh, we are in for an amazing film. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was great. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about in our overall section about the movie? Anything you liked or didn't like, uh, Sam? I also think that the dullness came in. In, in some really fun ways, um, like when she's really sad after Ken turns her Barbie dreamland house into his mojo dojo casa house. And she's like <laughs> sitting down and the way that she falls over and her legs are still straight. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's just like, and then in the ending scene when they're waving goodbye to Barbie, the way they're waving their hand is really weird. Because if you think about how the joints are on the Barbie hand, like you can't just wave the the hand you have to wave it in a weird like yeah. barbie doll way and ah that's just that kind of stuff was so fun no oh, i totally yeah. agree when they first introduce barbie and then it's like in a white background with all the different barbies and they're all kind of like slowly spinning they nailed the posturing and like the kind of uh just like the face it, you know how you kind of when you see somebody and i don't know you haven't seen them in a long time but your your mind is still able to recognize that's that person right i felt like that when i saw uh barbie or initially i was like that that's literally the ball the the doll right there you know so <laughs> I, I i felt like they really nailed that like bringing the doll into being a real person uh, like you're saying, Sam, like it's uh, it is ultimately a movie about a doll. So uh, I'm glad they're able to deliver on that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Anything else, Sam? Also, this is I know we we left feminism a, a little bit. No, it's OK. Come we back. Can come back to feminism. Um, <laughs> but also just like as it, back to the experience of thinking about how it was before I became aware, you know, um, the beginning of the of the movie when they're showing the Barbies with their accomplishments when Barbie wins a Nobel Prize, the way she went up and she's like, I worked really hard for this. I deserve this. I was like, Ugh. oh God. <laughs> you know, like that one was like that was like, oh You could say that? Yeah. You could just say that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. And it didn't come off in a in a cocky way or whatever way. It's just like, yeah, I worked really hard for this. Cool. That's and I was awesome. like, oh man. like this is so great yeah if only (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) yeah i i I think it's it's really interesting because i think the beginning of the movie paints this like sort of beautiful idealized version of 
like a feminist or like a um um what's that matriarchal world um that's like very very appealing i think but it has these rough edges like that weird, weird barbie is like cast out and uh how midge is like there but like ignored you know and alan too is sort of like in between like, oh where my he, god i loved alan, alan. <laughs> michael sarah did so well i know he was so weird <laughs> so weird the one god the one line that hit me on the second time i saw it was when he's having his alan beat down scene okay he's yes. just like taking these kens to town and when he first runs up to approach them, they're like, oh, who are you? He's like, I'm Alan. All of Ken's clothes fit me. And I was like, so <laughs> weird. I love that. That was so funny. I laughed so hard when he said that. So good. <laughs> yes, he was great. It's like, yeah, so they have these little edge cases, right? They have these little people on the outside that are not benefiting from um barbie land but not in an obvious way the way that ken's are not benefiting right and this is like another clue that barbie land is this imperfect place it is a wacky reflection of our real reality um yeah it's it's good it, and all of them are so entertaining it's, yes. it's so funny doing all like having all those different characters there and that made the one line hit that margot robbie said when she's full-on face to the floor the lowest she's ever been physically and emotionally when she says you know uh like you're either brainwashed or you're weird i'm like yeah like you're <laughs> yeah you're either yes i will lean into this image of being a woman and blah 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 or you're just like a weird whatever like oh you're you're one of those armpit hair having feminist crazies right. huh like blue hair yeah screen do a split yeah. yeah 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 ready to do a split <laughs> <laughs> um yes i um i i the more i think about weirdness and normalness the like the more pissed off i get about it honestly mm -hmm. it's just like nobody's normal no one's ever been normal we have this idea of like the average person in our mind that doesn't exist you know um, they, uh, they have one and a half children and half a dog <sighs> at home and they drive half a car. Like these people don't actually exist. You know, averages aren't real people. So like we should stop trying to strive for some sort of normalness and just strive to be ourselves instead. Um, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating, I think. But it's something that I think women especially have a hard time like bucking that, that, um, you know, feeling of like, I need to be, I need to fit into this mold. I need to f be a certain way. Um, whereas men are a little bit more free to uh, act out their weirdness, be, be more weird. Um, Cause it's quirky then it's not a statement about women. Um, if, if men are weird. Well, sure. And it, um, you know, we already have a defined archetype for being weird, which is the Sigma male. You know, you don't have to be an alpha. <laughs> you can be a sigma. The sigma male's not weird. The sigma male's just the alpha male's reskinned. He's outside He's the, of the the yeah, whole, right. uh, <laughs> you know, ar architecture there of the pyramid of different types of males. You know, you're different, but it's it's actually you're not, better. Though. You're not different. <laughs> <laughs> Miss me with the sigma male shit. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's time for us to go to break. But don't go away, because when we return, we'll go over our cool Easter eggs and deliver our ratings. We'll be right back. Wake that ass up. Earth in the morning. Apple Chat Podcast. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Let's go. This is your wake up call. Yeah. This is your Please don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. 
Or at least until after I've listened to the new affable chat. Nice shot, assholes! Hey! Hey, can you hear me? You need to wake up! Oh, good morning to you too, Dad. <laughs> morning was two hours ago. Hey, this isn't my coffee. Where's my finely ground Kenya blend from Starbucks? Sometimes patients that are in a coma retreat into a fantasy world and are unable to wake up. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go! Their fantasy world is just like their real life, except they aren't in a coma. The only way to wake up is to find audio messages urging them to wake up. Wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Even after hearing these messages, sometimes it takes months for them to please, please wake, wake up. And we're back with local woman, feminist, and Greta Gerwig stan, Sam. And now we're going to talk about our cool Easter eggs. Sam, what have you got? My Easter eggs. Um, so Margot Robbie and Kate McKinnon have acted together before in the 2019 movie Bombshell. And um, Kate McKinnon kind of ad-libs a line where Margot Robbie comes out and she's like, ooh, Anchor Barbie. So, and it, the scene made the movie. So maybe that's foreshadowing, manifestation, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Canon prequel, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. She incepted her um, to produce the movie. And then another fun one was at the time of investigation, if you, can, you can fact check me live <laughs> if you want, but when you Google Greta Gerwig, the whole page turns into pink writing and some like Barbie sparkles pop up, which I think is fun. Yes, actually, that is true. It's called... Google confetti, and it's actually true for um, a bunch of different things, not just Greta Gerwig, but Barbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, and Margot Robbie all have that feature right now, which Beautiful. is really annoying, I have to say. As much fun as I love, <laughs> as much as I love a lot of the marketing for this, it's so annoying because it lags my computer. I'm just like, what's happening? Why is this? What's going on? What is my computer doing? And it's just like, it's like trying to take off as it's loading all this confetti on my screen. <laughs> You need extra time for Sparkle. <laughs> yeah, I do need extra time for Sparkle. Sounds but... like you need to download some more RAM, Joey. <laughs> Can you send me a link? <laughs> like a bit link? Yeah. A little, little, I'll uh, put it link. in the episode description so our Thank listeners you. can download, download some Yeah, too. download more RAM. Thank you. I have a whole lot of Easter eggs. Um, Helen Mirren, who uh, narrates this movie, uh, she also hosts the cult comedy series Documentary Now, um, which is like a bunch of fake documentaries. I think Bill Hader is like a major player in that. But like, mm -hmm. it's, the, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's sort of like 60 minutes where like Helen Mirren appears in like this kind of like sound stage and like introduces what the documentary is going to be about. Um, and she does that for that, uh, that series. So uh, people are theorizing or, or, you know, saying that Barbie is part of the documentary now, like um, connected universe. Uh, the universe. Because Helen Mirren is uh, hosting it. Um, the woman that's on the bench, her name is Anne Roth. She's actually a legendary uh, costume designer and frequent collaborator of Gerwig's husband and co-writer, Noah Bombach. So, um, yeah, she was uh, likely someone that Gerwig has worked with or known for many, many, many years. She's been in the business for over 50 years. Damn. Um, uh, so there was this rumor that went around, which is sort of true, which is that 
during the production of this movie, they bought all of the pink paint available um, uh, in the world, which is not it's, it's entirely true. There's one place that supplies pink paint, paint to Hollywood, and at the time, they had only so much in their storeroom, and they provided all of it to Barbie. So they did buy all of the pink paint from their one supplier that they normally buy pink paint from. And they were like, and the people that <laughs> the people from the company were upset. They, in their uh, interview with NPR, they're like, we have more paint, by the way. Like they didn't take all of our paint. We're, we're a regular business. We're not stupid. So they were kind of upset with that, but I think it's funny anyway. Um, Benjamin, can you get, can I get your assistance on this? I have a, a Spanish pun to read out. So uh, in, um, when Ken is wearing his shirt that says, I am Kenaf, the shirt is translated in Spanish to, Yo soy suficiente. <laughs> Which I, yeah, so it's supposed to be, right? Yo soy yeah. suficiente. That would be it without putting the Ken in there, but it's suficiente. <laughs> which i think is hilarious <laughs> multilingual wordplay yeah really <laughs> really good stuff um so uh, there was a bunch of stuff that went on in the um background like for the for the making of this movie which was i found uh, in an interview with people magazine for example Margot Robbie actually had a sleepover with all the Barbies before photography started, and the Kens were allowed to visit um, or briefly phone in to say hi, but not stay. Um, and uh, they also had some sort of group chat where all of them were together, all the Barbies and Kens, so they were like more familiar with each other. And the group chat didn't include Michael Sarah uh, because he didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> no way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a flip phone, which is a, you know, a, a, uh, a bit that's transcended podcast at this point, but I was invited to Corey's, uh, Corey Novotny's pod, uh, group chat. Yeah, he's done it podcast. podcast. We did a, because I didn't have an iPhone. Yeah. So I've <laughs> once again, I've been compared to Michael Sarah and I'm not happy with it. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so he said he was fine with the omission because it was like canonically um, accurate that Alan would not be included with the Barbies and Kens, yeah. uh, which is funny. And apparently during shooting, Margot Robbie had this um, pink day of requirement where everyone in the cast and crew had to wear pink. And if you didn't, you were fine. So she went around actually collecting money from people uh, to donate to charity if they uh, didn't uh, come to work wearing pink uh, once a week. Very fun. <laughs> Um, a lot of this movie is shot in camera. For example, the travel sequences. I don't know if you saw this commercial that they did. It's like a minute and a half long where they're talking about how they did this sequence, but all of the, you know, all of the traveling between worlds or like between Barbie land and there was all done practically all. It's like one of those classic, the cars on a, um, treadmill and like the background is moving and like the car is like, looks like it's moving, but it's like all on a soundstage. They did that over and over again for all these different things. It was really, really interesting to watch. And there's like literally people pulling things with ropes to make it look like it was moving past oh the, uh, the screen, which is so cool. So all of that stuff was done in camera. And you can actually see, I was paying attention to the space scenes and stuff. There are some stuff that is actually hung with like string in the background and it didn't remove <laughs> the string. Um, so that was, that was awesome. Yeah, it's uh, the summer of practical effects. You know? I know. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, man. This is what I've been saying for years. We're sick of green screen. Yeah, reject modernity and return to practical, <laughs> to practical effects. effects in camera shots. <laughs> if, you, if, if Hollywood takes any lesson from this, you know, these two movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out of the same weekend, it's that practical effects with uh, quote-unquote original IP is the way to go. You know what I mean? We are... 
we're we're beyond the sequels. We're beyond superheroes. Let's make something cool and original with art with you know auteur directors, giving them full reign to play with massive important things and making something really entertaining with it. You know, this is uh, people are going to show up to that. People are going to love it. Uh, you're going to make a lot of money doing that. So do that instead of these green screen AI art bullshit you know stuff that everyone's putting out. This uh, dude is spitting. I'm done with it. Uh, one of the other practical effects that you may be surprised by is Margot Robbie's legs in the 2001 Space Odyssey uh, sequence when the little girls are going up to it and like looking at it are real. They are giant plastic legs that they made Amazing. for this movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's something uh, to look out for in someone's garage at some point. Um. Turn it into a lamp. <laughs> yeah, turn it into a giant lamp. So I was trying to find this um, uh, this thing. I found I saw it somewhere and I didn't save it, so I, I don't have the statistics correct. But basically, Barbie and Oppenheimer being released on the same weekend is not the first time that Hollywood has had like a conflicting or like a sort of complementary like release um, like this. But um, this is the most successful one that's ever happened. And actually, Oppenheimer is vastly outperforming what its projections were um, because, and largely because of this Oppenheimer-Barbie effect. These two films are not related in any way. They don't share any sort of production or even a studio, but they have linked each other, linked to themselves in an almost entirely um, like grassroots phenomenon. Um, uh, this is not something that they plan to do, but they, the studios obviously saw the benefit and have combined their efforts to you know, make it into something. So it is a, um, it was started off as something I, th I don't know if it started off entirely as a, you know, like a, a interesting phenomenon somebody noticed on the internet and then everyone kind of glommed onto, and then the studios grabbed it or if the other way around, but it was supported on both ends by the audiences and the studios uh, to make this uh, phenomenon happen. And it has been greatly beneficial to both movies. Um, which is very interesting, especially considering Oppenheimer's rating being an R um, and it being three hours long um, because I think of, I would say, uh, Killian Murphy, um, uh, Christopher Nolan, and Barbie. It has vastly outperformed what it uh, was supposed to. This movie uh, actually had a $145 million production budget and on its opening weekend made that money back $162 million, the biggest opening weekend in 2023. Um, well, and Joey, is, if I could jump in. Um, so I, I like looking back at this phenomenon occurring at some point in the past, I can't remember this myself, but I did saw, I did see like a meme that said, uh, the dark mama walked so that Barbenheimer <laughs> oh, can run, really? or you know something to that degree. The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia. Yes, yeah. which I don't remember that being a. Th I don't remember anyone saying the dark mama or or having yeah, yeah. some sort of like you know internet memes about the, that. Do you remember that? Did either of you like experience that phenomenon? No, but it's possible it happened in like a more esoteric way, right? I mean, this was back when that w those movies came out in two thousand eight. So that would have been right when Facebook and Twitter were starting off. Um, that, would, that had just been like released widely. So it's possible that there was some sort of something, something there. But honestly, we're in a media or like, you know, social media, I should say, rich, um, saturated environment. So it, it, real, the real world and the Internet have blended in a way that is completely uh, inextricably linked. So these uh, 
it does feel like this is a unique thing to have this kind of uh, develop the way it has. Uh, but it is possible. I mean, there are. It's possible that moviegoers noticed. You know, people that go to the movies every week and were like, "Hey, this would be a fun double feature or something." But, yeah, but I, it um, also could just be that people were like, in retrospect, here's another right. funny mashup title. It's not hard to look up the dates of movies, right? And and then <laughs> right. put it together. I mean, right? Those were both could, big movies. That a lot many, of people saw many interns and many terrible internet publications have done that over the last month. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wrote this uh, earlier this week, but I think it's actually crossed over a billion dollars worldwide, um, th- this movie, which is now ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, obviously, um, Super Mario Bros. is still at the top of the list here, um, but it is, be- it is bigger than Fast X, Across the Spider-Verse, The Little Mermaid, and John Wick 4, all of which I have purposely chosen because they are sequels or remakes. Nice. <laughs> so, there you go. Again. Um, this is, uh, you can say Barbie's not an original IP, but they've never made a Barbie movie like this, you know? So I would say this is an original thing. And of course we're getting a Polly Pocket movie, um, directed by Laura Dern <laughs> after, because of the success of this, which is going to be terrible. I'm saying it now, <laughs> but at least, at least we have this, uh, wonderful piece of media to look at. The if they don't make a joke in the Polly Pocket movie about eating her clothes, then it needs to be canceled. Wait, wait, what about <laughs> eating her clothes? It's like a... <laughs> no, that's not another ubiquitous thing, like weird Barbie. Wait, so you... Wait, Polly Pocket's who ate clothes, clothes always looked so they, No, delicious. they definitely look delicious. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> one of the more forbidden treats from childhood. I, I think I saw one meme. It was like this was the original girl dinner, and it was like a layout of Polly Pockets. That's so funny. Oh, that's hilarious. That's really good. Well, I I don't know. It's like I don't know if this idea could work. Like when you see when you see it coming, because um, like Mattel has all these other toys that they're planning on making these movies about and you wonder who they're going to play straight and who they're going to play in this other, like kind of subversive way um i i don't know i think i would prefer the subversion but at the same time it's like how many times can you do that and be like oh i don't i don't know what other toys they make but like these lincoln logs are actually like <laughs> they make phase 10 i was playing phase 10 this weekend and I oh, noticed in the corner there one of the ones phase yeah 10 movie uh, yeah i actually heard they're making a um magic eight ball movie that's gonna no. be like a slasher that, okay okay i actually kind of like that. yeah which it would be a kind of cool subversion so i don't know i don't know i just heard that that's in the works i don't know if it's actually happening that's uh, but also if we come, where, we yeah, come where are society? we with these like connected universe movies or like like these new cinematic universes well, yeah who where... makes ba- who makes battleship was that is that parker brothers why haven't we tied in ba- battleship to uh more board game movies wait till they make the Catan movie that's gonna oh, that be pretty, insane would, that that's gonna end actually. friendships i would like that <laughs> it had to be a series it had to be a series like a game of thrones or when they get you know john ham to star in checkers the movie <laughs> wait, wait till they make the monopoly movie and it's like anti-capitalist you know <laughs> <laughs> that will that will be the breaking point i think many people's brains will melt okay but monopoly is a like blatantly anti-capitalist the subversion would be pro-capitalist monopoly movie it's like i'm paying rent this is great <laughs> oh geez okay uh joey i think you know what time it is 
It's time for us to go a little deeper. deeper, deeper. So I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I've ever seen a marketing campaign like this before. Um, there's lots and lots of different things that they've done. We've already mentioned a couple of them. I actually ha saw a thread on Twitter that um, uh, listed a bunch of them. Some of them were obviously fake, like a Lockheed Martin Barbie plane that was generated <laughs> by AI. <laughs> Very much not true. But they were like, this is real. And I'm like, sorry, guys. You're trying to get to 50. I understand. But we're not, we're not going to make it there on this one. <laughs> this plane does not fly. Um, anyway, there was these giant, like... Um, billboard ads that they had in um uh in saudi arabia i believe or in um uh, united emirates um they they had these giant like looks like a giant box but it's like a 3d um poster that where barbie like steps out of the box looks awesome um that, that was really interesting there's a website where you can create custom barbie posters i made one with my dog on it uh just to see how it worked that was pretty fun you can click on this link that I'll I have here. You can where like it will have like the little Mattel like splash in the background, and you can change it to blue or pink depending if you want to do Barbie or Ken, and you can change some of the um, text on it. So that's kind of fun. They had a progressive insurance par partnership, um, as well as like a a partnership with many other brands. It's just like basically every major like clothing brand or shoe brand had some sort of Barbie tie-in during this this phase. Um, there was also the Barbie Dream House, which was an Airbnb that you could rent in uh, Malibu. That was, um, which it's like a two bedroom, one bath, I think, but you can see pictures of it online. It looks crazy. And right now they're doing some sort of Ken promotion where Ken has taken over the Barbie house and redecorated it um, in his style, uh, which is still actually more tasteful than how he does it in the movie. But it is a, uh, you know, it's kind of a fun little, little throwback there. So there, this is actually a link to the, uh, Airbnb listing, which is not available anymore. I think they've booked it up completely. Um, so there you go. Yeah, we'll put uh, these Burger descriptions King. in, or these links in the description. I actually, like going back to the tie-in with Oppenheimer, when I first saw the Barbie Dreamhouse image, uh, the, it was a company with someone saying that as part of the Barbenheimer marketing campaign, they're planning to nuke the Barbie Dreamhouse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, what a good idea. <laughs> Um, and one other one is Barbie or uh, Burger King, Barbie King, uh, collaborated with them to create a pink burger that you can buy from them. So <laughs> how easy for them. They're just like, we'll just skip cooking it. Oh, dear Lord. I bold of you to assume it's pink before they cook it. Um, um yeah. So anyway, it's, it's, it's very elaborate. It's, I, I've been looking at it more closely because I'm so impressed with all those different things. I'm sure other movies go this far or for, like, very far but this one has been very ubiquitous i went to a theater um while i was in texas uh it's like, called an evo theater it was like a arcade like sort of like a dave and busters and a theater at the same time and they had a whole section that was just dedicated to barbie it was like three different sections actually they had an outside patio area that had been redecorated with pink stuff for barbie they had their um bar was barbie themed like they changed all of the like uh, screens in the back to just show the Barbie logo and say welcome to the Barbie like uh, like uh, you know fun house or something they had in all the theaters I went to they had these like little boxes or like little stands that you could stand in with your mom and take a picture and pretend you're Barbie or, or Ken or whoever all sorts of like stuff like that so there was just 
places everywhere to take your picture, people dressed in pink all over the place. It was um, crazy how much this is, this is going on. I don't know if you guys like have any interesting marketing tie-ins, anything interesting you saw at your theaters that uh, it was you've never seen for a movie before? Well, they had like the um, little, they had, they had a car that you could fill with popcorn. It was like a little red Corvette, or oh, really? it was probably pink, um, like a little pink Corvette type thing. Sold out by the time oh, I got to the movie. I don't think I would have paid $64 to get one, but it was still cool to see. <laughs> but they had a, a bunch of like uh, collectibles, I guess you could say. Oh, interesting. Um, at the theater. Yeah, my the theater I went to was lame and didn't have any cool Barbie stuff, but I did see other people post pictures of them going to see Barbie, and I thought it was cool that some theaters had the box that you could go yes. inside of and be a Barbie mm-hmm. doll in a box. Yes, that's really awesome. Anyway, I, I, I've just been really impressed with this. Apparently, this marketing campaign was not that expensive compared to the rest of the movie. I've always heard that in order to estimate marketing, you have to double the movie's production budget. And that is true here. They spent approximately $150 million on this marketing campaign, which doesn't feel like a lot considering how ubiquitous this is felt. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what like hit off with this. Maybe it's just easy to market something that's like a toy that everyone recognizes that's possible. Maybe the pink certainly makes it more visible than other things, right? If someone's just dressed in a, a flat brimmed hat, I'm not going to pay attention. But if they're wearing hot pink, I probably will look their direction. Um, so it's a, I, I'm not sure what it is exactly that, that made this such a big deal. But um, during the marketing of this, it, uh, in internally this was called operation barbie summer um so there was a was a huge uh, effort by the studio to to put this together all hands on deck every aspect of it was trying to market for this movie um and i honestly have to commend them for this i think it looks great i think it looks great uh, it did a great job lots of people went to see the movie lots of people were excited about the movie lots of people liked the movie and that's ultimately what they kept saying in all of these articles i read about operation barbie summer it was like they had a great product to market they had a they had Greta Gerwig uh, and and uh, A plus cinema score. Lots of like people were, were raving about it. Critics liked it, audiences liked it. So they had something really great, easy for people to latch onto. And so word of mouth played a, a big role, of course. And that makes any marketer's job easier if you have a product that people believe in. So movies are back, baby. Movies are back. Movies are back. Maybe baby. for only a couple of days, but <laughs> <laughs> they're they're back for now. Uh, okay, well, that is going to bring us to the end of our discussion on Barbie. As we do at the end of every episode of Apple Chat, we'll now deliver our ratings. Sam, we'll have you go first. What rating do you want to give to Barbie? Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic (laughs) joey what rating do you want to give to barbie i give this movie a pool party where you don't even have to get wet (laughs) (laughs) all right and finally i give this movie a big pink wrecking ball that we smash into mattel headquarters Nice. Very nice. And we collect Will Ferrell's decapitated head. Just pop it off like a Barbie's head. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) All right. Well, um, that's the end of our discussion on Barbie. Sam, thank you so much for 
uh, coming and lending your voice to this discussion. We really enjoyed having you once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun to chat. Next time Greta Gerwig comes out with her next movie, I'll expect a text. We will. We will contact you. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. All right. Well, that does it for Barbie. Joey, what's next on Affable Chat? Next, we are doing The Big Short. That's right. I'm looking forward to Mar- that one. Uh, Margot Robbie's in that movie too, isn't she? She, expl- she explains something in that movie, doesn't she? Yeah, I think so. All right. More Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie Summer. Barbie Summer. Accidental series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really, this is, I was thinking about that. Like, this is an accidental, Barbie Heimer, Barbenheimer is an accidental Florence Pugh continuation because <laughs> Florence Pugh is in Oppenheimer and Greg Ger- Gerwig directed Little Women and Barbie movies. So we're like still doing Florence Pugh's. <laughs> Movies? We've been Great. building Stuff. towards this. You I'm, know, this I'm, is just, I'm, I'm happy a, with that. We could just be a Florence Pugh podcast. Movie podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you just start reviewing her cooking with flow, a uh, little series yes. while you wait for more content. Yeah, just review exactly. individual Instagram posts. <laughs> <laughs> you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Afflechat.com is your new favorite website on the internet. There you can find the latest from us in all our social accounts, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all of which are at Afflechat, even our email address, Afflechat at gmail.com. If you like this episode, then tell a Barbie or a Ken about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? That's going to do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.